From Internews and the Heinrich Boll Foundation, welcome to Privacy is Global. I'm Laura Schwartz-Henderson. This is a podcast we co-produce with advocacy organizations around the world to tell stories about data politics. We explore the work of activists pushing to safeguard our data and also try to understand the implications of current data practices in many different countries. Today, we bring you the last episode of our fiction series. It's been quite a ride. We work together with activist organizations, creative writers, artists, and actors to use fiction and tell stories about how the politics and policies surrounding data impact our current, past, and future societies. If you want to know more about the series, how we worked on it, and why, jump back three episodes and listen to our introductory mini-episode. You'll hear from us and also from the writers of the episode. Our previous episode, the second of the series, was set in Brazil and was co-produced by Coding Rights. Today we bring you a story from Bolivia. It's an adaptation of a comic strip written by Joaquin Cuevas and Alejandro Parientos from Altopia with the support of Internet Bolivia in an adaptation written by Mariane Diaz Hernandez. Have you registered yet? Hopefully they can take care of all of us. Eagle 8 to Eagle 9, would you let us know what's going on outside? Over. There's a lot of noise. Over. Eagle 8, this is Eagle 9. There are a lot of patients trying to register to get in. Over. Are they customers? Do they have an appointment? Over. They're not customers. They're young people with disabilities who need prosthetics from the charity program. We're going to need backup outside. Over. That's what the congregation gets for trying to help people. They should let the government take care of them. They're gonna take care of us. They're going to help us. Come, the congregation is going to help us. Look at the prosthetic they gave me for my leg. It is much better than the one I had before. It even knows at what pace I like to walk. Look at my wheelchair. With these buttons, you connect to the database. I don't know what we would do without the congregation. I've been waiting for an appointment at the hospital for years. If the congregation didn't help me, I would have spent many more years waiting for a doctor to see me. It's almost our turn. I'm Orlando. What's your name? Sasha Laura. I thought this was the line for new prosthetics. Do you have prosthetics? I can't tell. <laughs> yeah, I do. I have a robotic eye. I lost my eye in a protest a few years back. Back when we thought protest could do something. And... Your chair? Is it from the congregation? Yes, it is the previous model, but I think it's failing. <sighs> I hope they can check it for me. It has been giving me electric shocks for a couple of weeks, and in some places it doesn't scan codes and the congregation will not let me in. It's been a while since I've been able to do the monthly checkups, and I'm worried that it's affecting my profile. Maybe you need the new model, but you'll see that they'll help you. The congregation likes its devices. Look, it's our turn. Sign up here so you can get in. Excuse me, it's my turn. Sorry. You have to put your fingers here and look at the camera. It doesn't take. I'm going to try again. What's wrong? Why won't it let me in? Check yourself out to see. 
they send you the security notifications there. It doesn't accept my password either. Try the facial recognition. Turn to this side. Let the light shine on you well. No, it doesn't accept me. Look at that. The screen went black. What happened? Is your phone no longer working? It's dead. Open the door for us. Open it. I won't accept my data. What's going on? I need to get in. Look, here, I don't think they can help us today. This is a disaster. There are too many people from the charity program in need of help. This happens because we are only attended to one day a week. See? Maybe another day. But I can't wait for next week. Look at my cell phone. It's dead. And at any moment the chair will die too. Hmm. Look, let's do something. In the fairground, there is a girl who maybe can help you. She was a cop, but she retired and is now a private investigator. And she knows a lot about technology. Maybe she knows why your stuff is failing? And how do I find her? Let's go together. To be honest, I have nothing better to do anyway. That's too expensive. I'll read your fortune. Roast chicken. Find the signal. Connect with the truth. Who's that? <laughs> oh, that's Prophet Firewall. He's always screaming crazy things about security codes and medical data. He's afraid of technology. Do you see the prosthetic leg? They say that he made it himself. From wood, not connected and not even from the congregation. The data cherry is coming again. As in the 20s, when the security codes were burned. The data cherry is coming back. You have to free yourselves from their chains. You have to protect yourselves from the data cherry. What is he talking about? What is that about the data cherry? Well, I was very young, so I don't remember, but what I understand is that it's some kind of monster that steals your identity. It kind of comes and gets into your dreams and thoughts and histories and pulls out everything that's there. I imagine it as a giant vacuum cleaner. But I guess everyone imagines it differently. Mm, a monster? Like a mythological being or something? Well, the truth is that no one knows if it is a real monster or just a myth. The computer attack that the Prophet talks about did happen, and all the biometric data in the public and private databases was stolen. Some hackers called themselves data cheeries. How we got from there to people believing there was a monster, one that feeds on the data? Look, I couldn't tell you, but I think it's something that people say to explain the reason why they accumulated so much power and why we lost so much. Democracy, stability, the ability to choose our jobs and control our lives. Because with all that data, they could put pressure on institutions, control companies, take down politicians, they could do many things. <sighs> Chaos makes people believe lots of things. And what is it that the prophet is saying? That he's coming back? The data cherry is coming back, and you have to be prepared. It's going to control your minds and your bodies. 
He's going to tell you where you can go and where you can't. Neither he nor those who follow him use prosthetics or any device from the congregation because they say that the congregation exists to feed the Danachiri, that the congregation gives our lives to the Danachiri to eat them. Something like that. <laughs> oh, but the man is crazy. Can we go around it to get where we are going? That data cherry is an urban legend. It's like the chupacabra. Nah, the chupacabra is real. It's there, in that caravan. Is she there? Should I knock? Who is it? What do you want? Detective Flores, we are here to see if you can help us with anything. If you can help me, my share is failing and now I can't get into the biometric system. I can't even use my cell phone. It's like I've disappeared. Well, come in. Help her in. What's wrong with your chair? I don't know. It started giving me electric shocks. Especially in this part, where the buttons are. Especially, it shocks me when I'm going to get out of the chair, for example, to take a bath or to sleep. It's like it doesn't like me being separated from it. <laughs> of course it doesn't like it. When you separate from it, it can't collect a constant stream of biodata. To control you, she needs you to be sitting on it. And then what happened? Today, I went to the congregation headquarters to see if they could help me, but when I tried to register to enter, the machine did not recognize my face or my fingerprints and denied me access. Then, I tried to grab my phone to call, but the phone left me out too. Here, where my face should come out, only the logo of the congregation comes out. <sighs> As if I no longer existed. Something must have deleted your information in the congregation's database. Most likely soon, your chair will no longer recognize you and you will not be able to use it. But how can that be possible? Let me see. What model is it? The penultimate one? This have the data port on this side. Don't move. I'm going to connect a cable to it. Mm, and let's see what's going on in the mind of this device. Can one see that so easy? Not you, no, but I can. <laughs> it's just what I thought. Your chair is infected. Infected? What does that mean? Well, when any of us get sick with a virus, what the virus does is it takes over the cells of your body to multiply, right? That's what we call a virus. For a computer, it's the same. This is a thing that takes over the information that is in your chair and multiplies to get more and more information. So here we can see all your medical information, things like your heart rate, your breathing, but also other things like your daily movements, where you go, how long it takes, if you bought something, 
all those things. And this happens only to her? No, there are actually many prosthetic devices that have this type of virus. At this point, I will no longer be able to say if it is an external attack or if it is the congregation itself that is helping to extract that data. But I do tell them that as long as the prostheses are connected to the network, they are sending all that information to who knows where. To sell it to companies, surely. And what does a company do with knowing where I'm going or where my heart rate is? Generate data profiles to fit your sales. If you know, for example, the habits of a certain number of people who use wheelchairs, they can use that to sell more, more expensive wheelchairs to their wealthy customers. But in the end, it's like a snake biting its tail. It eats and eats to continue the cycle. Hey, put that down. What are you doing now? That's my fork. Sasha, have you lost your mind? Get the fork out of there. You're gonna get electrocuted. You broke it. Wow. Now she is freed from the system. The wheelchair is just a wheelchair, not a computer that lives on the biodata it extracts from Sasha. Many will say she messed it up, but I'd say she fixed. An hour ago, I was sure I needed a new chair, the most modern version, because if my chair broke, I was not going to be able to go to many places. Do many things that ask me to scan my information. I had to take exams every month to keep the profile up to date. But who was I doing all that for? It wasn't for me. To fit the data chiri. Isn't data chiri what that crazy guy out there is always talking about? He's not crazy. Well, yes, it's a little crazy. But the data chiri is real. It uses young people with illnesses or disabilities who need medical help and does insert itself into the systems of health centers to steal the information of all patients. Companies and government want to know what people are doing, every step they take, because with that they can better control the population and the market. That is why it is so important that everyone continues to feed the database with new information and that they continue to depend on the devices they have been given, which I suspect many of you do not even need anymore. What I have told you is true. The data cheery is back. This girl has been used as a bait to enter the databases of clinics, hospitals, to steal all the data. Tell them, girl. Well, I don't know anything about that, actually. What I know is that when the congregations, machines, and my own phone stopped recognizing me, I felt that I no longer existed and I was very afraid. And I realized that the share was also going to stop recognizing me. 
and things were going to be very difficult for me. But does it matter if the share recognized me? If the corporate system recognized me? Do I exist less if I'm not feeding the data shiri? Do I exist less if I don't fit exactly into the little boxes in the database? That's why I broke the share. And now it's just a share that serves to go from one side to the other. And it doesn't connect anywhere or know anything about me. And now I no longer feel that I do not exist just because I do not appear in the database. Because I have been deleted from their systems does not mean that I do not exist. I exist for myself, not because of what a database says. We all exist. 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 Do you want to get closer to see what's going on? Not really. I've spent about half of my life in that building and in others like it. Getting tested, letting myself be scanned or giving information to this share. Now what? Am I going to dedicate myself to fighting that? That's just a way to give it more of my life and my time. And I think I've already given enough to the congregation. Do you see the cameras outside the building? Yes. Why? They're recording the protest. It's nice to see a protest again after so much time, but see, even when we are protesting, we are still generating data for the data cherry. It's all the time. Do you believe in the data shiri now? Does it matter? The data shiri doesn't need us to believe. It just needs us to consent, to resign ourselves. Whether to the congregation or to the monster, we are only free when we say no. That is true. Would it be okay if I go with you? We can see what to do about my eye, maybe. Yes? <laughs> well, I think now we both see much more than we used to before, don't you think? But yes, let's go find out what to do about your eye. Let's go. And that's our show. If you want to learn more about the risks of exposing sensitive data, visit Internet Bolivia's website and explore more of their work. They are the real prophets. You can also view the virtual comic written by Alejandro Barrientos and illustrated by Joaquin Cuevas. This story was adapted by me, Marianne Diaz Hernandez, and the voices that gave life to our characters are Margarita Portillo Castro as Sasha Cori Laura, Juan Naranjo as Orlando, David Rios as the prophet, and Jimena Garcia as the detective. Jimmy Garber is our sound design and mix engineer. Elena Cases is the production assistant and problem solver extraordinaire. 
and Charles Antoine made the music and also played the guard for us. Thanks for that. Laura Vidal and Laura Suarez Henderson are the executive producers and were also among the voices of the protesters in front of the congregation. Talk about sneaking in! Privacy is Global is a project made with the support of Internews and the Heinrich Ball Foundation. Thank you so much for listening.